friends and strangers. Welcome back to Wisdom Weavers. You may be able to hear the wind or the rain outside. It is quite a storm outside. And recently I have been in nature very much in the elements, especially wind and water. And I'm feeling that both metaphorically in my life to quite an extreme, um, but also quite physically. And we're getting into that, you know, the really shorter days, cold time of the year. And it's just a time to be nourishing ourselves, I think. So I won't do too much of an introduction here, but I'll just let you know that in this episode, I speak with Tara, an independent midwife in Copenhagen, a wise woman and a beautiful soul We tap into an intimate connection with the feminine and what it means to be in alignment with her and all her dimensions. This episode is like honey, so sweet, so tender and nourishing, and I hope you feel it as well. So without further ado, Tara Ron is a traditional midwife working in Copenhagen and the countryside around Copenhagen, including the south of Sweden. She sees the natural worlds in the pregnant woman in births and postpartum and sustains the shamanic dimensions between woman, body, midwife, and earth, tending to the roots of birth medicine The roots of birth medicine are very connected to the healer, both the sacred and the wounded. Deep transitions in life, as becoming a mother evokes many, both bright and dark paths inside the landscape of a woman. The roots of birth calls us to befriend the dark feminine, to be able to de-armor our defenses against intimacy in our culture and in our relations. Birth medicine invites us to be somatically embodied with honesty in our approach of each other, the earth, and to our own birth stories. Tara works with activism around birth culture from the inside out. All the women she witnessed give birth are represented in her own body, and it is from there she evokes change, from embodiment, honesty, and relation. Tara trained and educated herself in Denmark, but worked in both Norway and Mexico for a deepening in on nature, tradition, and health. In Tepotzlan, Mexico, She learned from Angelina Martinez. With her, she deepened in on plants and cacao and birth, both uh, postpartum rituals and nurturing the woman in the first 40 days after birth. Naoli Vinaver, currently living in Brazil, introduced her to rebozo and ceremonial birth work in the community. I also just want to mention to you all that Tara um, has this beautiful poem slash song slash little drum session at the end of the podcast. So rather than my typical outro that I do, 
I've just put in that as the outro and I hope you stay for it it's really a beautiful way to wrap everything up and really get the full medicine of this podcast of this episode so um, you can find all of her links to her website her Instagram books she recommends um, all these resources are in the show notes well Good morning or good evening, wherever you are, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I'd love to hear what your story is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could start different different places, but yeah, since, since we're talking of midwifery and this thing about being working with women, working with births, working with postpartum and engaging ourselves in that work. It definitely started when I myself became pregnant. I was never that type of um, midwife that was called to midwifery from, yeah, when I was a child. Mm -hmm. It never crossed my mind until I became pregnant myself first time um yeah and that was such an amazing rite of passage being pregnant to me it was uh, yeah it was it was so creative it was so full of mm, vital energy so full of intention and me also taking that um opportunity to create i was so engaged in that i was so filled up with inspiration of how i wanted to become a mother and how i wanted to create this life for yeah first of all this fantastic passage of being pregnant which was in itself an amazing state of consciousness, mm. just enjoying how another little creature is growing inside of you. It's it's a miracle. It's simply fantastic. It's it's beyond words. It is. And I can just <laughs> see your face going all <laughs> shining. I'm like it is me so on that magical. <laughs> it is just just. I mean. And that is something which is so important through the whole work of midwifery, not to forget how fantastic and how magical and how completely big, vast birth is. It's almost like that takes second place sometimes. Like we forget that, wait, this is crazy. There's another person inside of you. Yes, I don't know. I think, yeah. Now I'm working as an independent midwife and it's it's just so present. Did in you the go work straight? Do. Did you go straight into midwifery after you had your child? No, I didn't. Mm. No, I didn't. You see, I was I was quite young when I became pregnant the first time. I was twenty-three. And yes, I actually planned a career in arts. I was doing an art foundation in London when I was 17 and I came back 
two years after, back to Denmark, back to Copenhagen. No, sorry. So I wasn't living. I wasn't <laughs> even living in Copenhagen at the at the at the time. But I've yeah, I've now been living in Copenhagen, yeah, for over half part of my life. So I nearly forgot my yeah, the place where I was living <laughs> before I went to Copenhagen. <laughs> mm, anyways, yeah, I started out with this journey towards art photography. Mm. And you still do that though, right? I still do that. And that's yeah, such a privilege to be able to combine all these skills that so no, I was I was back in Denmark after after I lived in, in London for a couple of years. Mm. And yeah, then I came across uh, anthroposophy. Anthroposophy, I don't know how do you express Yeah, it. anthroposophy. Anthroposophy. Yeah. Steiner's work. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yes, you know, I was looking for some work and um, a, f- a girlfriend of my father's, she arranged for me to work in a Steiner kindergarten and I accepted that and I think I was 19, becoming 20 at that point, 19. And that was also an extreme revelation to me and that was before I got pregnant, you mm-hmm. see. Um, and I just got so fascinated and, you know, but I was in my 19s, 20s and, you know, just so engaged in traveling and journeying and seeking out um, exciting stuff in my life, being with friends and just being joyful and being present in the moment. I was not considering career choices um, yeah. at that point, other than I was on my way to, I was sort of, you know, start this, um, this creative uh, path anyway, and anthropos- anthroposophy. Mm-hmm. Anthroposophy was, yeah. It was just a, a beautiful mix of of creativity, spirituality, yeah. and practical, grounded manifestations and very social committed work uh, around uh, people, children, you know, architecture, medicine, agriculture, arts. Yeah, everything. It's very, very broad, very... Yeah. Um yes, and then I I moved to Copenhagen after I worked in this uh, Steiner kindergarten. I just you know at that point I just decided, okay, my children are definitely gonna attend a, yeah. a world of kindergarten when I get when I get my children. Mm-hmm. I always knew that I was gonna have children when I was very young I bought children's clothes on the flea markets and I I was already stashed up with uh, little woolen sweaters knitted in this neat 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 perfect uh, pattern with hand dyed uh, yarn and stuff and I just 
yes, found the, the most delicate uh, garments for these children I, I just imagined to have. So that was never um, not present in my vision of, uh, of my life, not to have children. Yeah. So, yes, I went to Copenhagen and no, I went to Roskilde before that. Um, sorry for jumping, uh, jumping so much in that history. No, not so it's, much, though. You know, um, I enrolled for um, a degree in, you know, just an ordinary high school degree before I went to Roskilde. It was when I was 19. I went, uh, I enrolled for that in Aarhus. Mm. That was where I was living at the moment. And um, yes, we went to Paskilde that year before uh, going back to school. And I met, uh, I just stumbled on this fantastic man in Roskilde and the festival. And he was living in Copenhagen and I just head over hills, moved to his <laughs> to his place in Vesterbort in Copenhagen <laughs> and you know I just had to change my um my education place change it for a place in Copenhagen because I really wanted to do that because were you in London at the Get time my degrees I was in London what, until yeah. I was 19 I moved to Aarhus and then I was mm. Um, working in this uh, Steiner kindergarten and it really sort of uh, impressed me and it there was a little seed definitely mm. um, planted in me at that point in my life mm -hmm. and yes you know then Roskilde and then Copenhagen to live with this this beautiful man that I met <laughs> and yes I was I was 20 at the moment and we just yeah had a fantastic time going to a lot of gigs and me studying and finishing and planning to travel and we did that and all of a sudden bang I was 23 and then I was pregnant <laughs> and yeah and you know back and forth okay this is a really really big decision to have this child now yeah but yeah we decided to have the child so deeply um emerged in that decision and i completely remember how saying yes to this child was altering the whole energy structure and motivation and my comfort in the decision and in being being pregnant mm -hmm. and just uh, stepping up and filling my body and just feeling uh, in my body how this was a major yes it was just mm. so strong and empowering and evoking so many creative impulses and thoughts and um structures that I didn't know that I had mm. So in that sense, I felt already there that motherhood uh, took uh, a grasp of my body and um, 
and that deep deep alteration already started when when we said yes to have, to having that child even though we were very young yeah um but he also the same age as you he's um he's a couple of years uh older than i am but he was still in his 20s so yes and he didn't have any children and you know also trying to figure out what what career choice he was going to make and right so we both knew that it was yeah it was it was a big decision and and really destiny to to invite that in and that would shape our lives forever mm -hmm. and yeah today this first child uh, this first child he is yeah he's he's a youngster himself you know he's he's about the same age as um, when when i gave birth to him mm. and yeah it was a beautiful 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 journey being pregnant with him and giving birth to him i chose to give birth uh, in the hospital with him and with the second one as well i actually never considered home birth i maybe considered home birth um yeah for a short while but since we i was not satisfied and happy uh, where we were living at that place we were living so i could not um, yeah I, I let go of that uh, idea and impulse again mm -hmm. to me at the moment it was it was um comforting and compatible to imagine to give birth in the hospital right and pregnancy was actually just totally filling up my my heart and my mind and my consciousness at that moment in in that in that time of my life so birth was a distant thing that i didn't really attach to that at the moment i was so fascinated by the spirituality of pregnancy yeah and that was really what made me think hey this is a fantastic time in a woman's life so I just wish to be able to work with women in this part of their life and yeah that was when the idea of becoming a midwife started to emerge in my consciousness, in my body, in my imagination of what could be interesting and valuable to... That was after the second birth it really started to manifest. It was actually when I was pregnant with, uh, with my first child. Ah, okay. I took I took the decision there actually to to go for it to uh -huh. go for um yeah an education as a midwife mm -hmm. in in Copenhagen and I yes I I got submitted straight away actually mm. so that was a huge thing to me but yeah. I did 
I didn't um I didn't uh, um I didn't enroll until my second child was ten years. Oh wow. So it's actually, you know, it's actually thirteen years after I wow. I, I decided this and well you were probably busy home. mothering. I was very busy mothering and uh yeah, you know, I also mm, I also got back to Anthroposophia and and spend a lot of uh, energy and time dedicating myself to to that uh, sphere, to that um, philosophy and and I became almost I finished it after it's a bit <laughs> yeah it's a big fragmented my um my uh, my careers they are a bit fragmented yeah but I um, feel you know midwifery is non-linear anyways no it's not a linear path I mean maybe for some people but I think for the most part it's really not and same with motherhood yeah and same with you know the the spiraling of uh, of the inner um, creature of what it is to be a woman. It just makes so much sense to me to to be just following um, those fragments and impulses as they come along. And um, so the thing was that yeah, I started this education to become a um, a Waldorf teacher. And I lost my parents, mm. and I was I was grieving for a couple of years, and I let go of that um, uh, anthroposophical um, dedication for for a, for a while to just yeah go deep into that grief and. To be nourishing and supporting and, and just yeah recovering from from that wild life experience which was entering at that at that time mm. um yeah so yeah then I then I enrolled for midwifery and how was that education because because you're now an independent midwife which is quite a strong thing so did, did that ever cross your mind when you were still in the education or did that also evolve mm. yeah you see I I came from that um anthroposophical environment and and that's um Mm. perspective to life and just being so um used to talk about um a human's life my own life the, the lives and the the characters the the expressions of the children from a very very broad perspective including yeah what happened between lives uh, for the soul and 
um, the idea of uh, ancestors and spiritual beings around us supporting us being just such a natural thing mm -hmm. to to yeah to to add up on the very grounded very uh, communicative very um very refined relational um depth of of uh, of that of that work and that um, group of people I was working with at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, it was a bit of a uh, it was a bit of a change, uh, a shock to enter a world where they were thinking in complete other structures, complete other values, and I just sensed in my body that I had to be very careful about my language about my response to things about um about my narrative about things so i had to had to mm, invent this yeah this bridge in a way this this language for what i what i was coming from mm. and start trying to bridge in in my own uh, in my own vision as well what i was and pulled by I remember I remember the first um vision from from when I was pregnant and that was definitely the uh, the, off the offspring from from my will to do mm -hmm. to do this midwifery training mm -hmm. and I just had to decide to yeah to speak this language and to be, to be performing this um this this part of me to to bridge and connect with the people um and factions of the the system and the 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 world just basically being very different not necessarily wrong but just extremely different right just extremely different and I yeah I also enjoyed um getting to know this very rational um medicine based um way of thinking um yeah so so slowly it sort of merged in with the uh, with my being did you kind of always know okay but I will do home birth or you weren't sure yeah I didn't yeah, I didn't. I didn't know exactly how I would, how I would uh, solve that, or how I would um, choose to work when I was finished. Mm -hmm. You know, I did, I did hospital training as well, and I was just definite um, that this wasn't my. Um, it wasn't the easiest thing for me to. Uh, to be working in a hospital in many in many ways because of yeah because of this deep uh, innate uh, natural mm, approach for me right um, that that things are are more holistic uh, coming together in a in a more holistic way yeah and it really it, 
had its price to to be closing down my my deep impulse and my my deep body mm, joy and commitment to to creativity and to that deep uh, spiritual path and yeah were you able to keep that with you or did you kind of lose sight of that when you were mm. in the hospital yeah such a good question mm. i think i always uh, found it again when i uh, emerged in in nature when i was lying on the ground walking barefoot in the grass just letting the the deep change of the the seasons and the year around me uh impact my my being mm. in that in that concept i i always knew that i was on the right track yeah but i i was dis delusionized quite some sometimes on my way and mm. losing losing that you know vision blinking in the mm in the in the future of of uh, why i was doing this it was just a really deep commitment yeah so i just thought i i'll have to i'll have to find out later on yeah and what what was that trajectory i mean it's probably a story in itself so but you can shorten it or however you like but what was that trajectory from finishing um your studies as a midwife into being a independent midwife especially in a country that has a quote-unquote good system meaning like most people are pretty happy with it it is mm. like for the western world i mean denmark is is pretty good so to be an independent midwife like what was that unfolding for you mm. yeah you see the very very last um experience i had on on this big hospital where i did my my training at the end of my study, um, I was invited to to join uh, a home birth midwife on my last shift, my very last shift. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we just we would just come in in the in the beginning of our shift, and there would be all kinds of stuff on this big board, like Gamilly and um, like. Uh, <laughs> prehistoric of uh, hemorrhage and um uh, preeclampsia and all all kinds of different pathological um birth going on and rarely some also yeah completely uh, uncomplicated uh, situations and issues birth going on but that that night I just you know I had I had all my my ticks in my in my little book we had we had to to be um acquainted with each of these issues and be had to be trained in in the skills of uh, supporting and uh, knowing the emergencies and the, mm -hmm. the guidelines and and all that kinds of and all that kind of stuff and I just you know I just didn't sort of uh, jump into any of that I wasn't I wasn't pulled I was just I knew this was my last shift and I I had the I had that um 
sensitivity about it and I was just passive in that process and the other the other students they they got they got they got their stuff and I was just like standing there afterwards and yeah and then the phone rang and the midwife on call the um, the chief midwife she was answering the phone and it was this um lady yeah giving birth she was calling from her home she was in labor and yeah and, and then the the chief midwife asked if uh, if she would like to if she, if she, if she would like it uh, if there was a student attending the birth and she was looking at me and I just felt this stream of warmth going through my body and and she could just see that on my face and and she said yeah she, she arranged arranged it with the woman that um was that your first home birth was that the first time no it wasn't my first home okay. birth I was so trained with um other home births with wives in the beginning of my mm. of my education and I loved it it was beautiful and yeah, I'll also tell you about the the, the travel to Mexico um, mm -hmm. because that also really did a a huge impact on mm -hmm. on me as well. Yeah, definitely, so beautiful. Mm, but yeah, you know, a year in a major big hospital with six thousand births um, a year, and just being coping with that, it sort of really took all my my dedication and all my focus so yeah and then I went to this home birth as the very last thing I did I was um yeah leaving the hospital and going for this home birth with this midwife and the minute I stepped into these home birth settings, these home settings, I I was just, yeah, I could I could sense in my body how I have had to cope with fear for such a long time. Mm. I felt safe. I felt so warm and welcomed, and just experiencing the the woman to give birth in that free way, in that deeply impulsive undisturbed way it just made me shiver I was so enlightened and I had like you know yeah mm -hmm. all the warmth and the dedication and the impulses of of why I chose to become a midwife what an amazing in culmination that, in that, evening, in that mm -hmm. evening it all sort of submerged again into my deep body and my roots they just so started magical. to started to wiggle and grow and draw nurture from you know yeah this beautiful beautiful woman unfolding her fantastic body and birth powers and we just yeah we did hardly anything which is the yeah the clue it is midwifery is so much about doing as little as possible and that was right. what I really clicked into at, at this birth. Um, and seeing the the woman during birth and after the birth and just hearing her describe how she, yeah, she was so empowered and so deeply in love with, the, with what she did, what she mm. performed. And 
and her child being with her. And, you know, no bleeding afterwards, no, no violating the, the, the body and disturbing the, the mother-child um, connection, mm. attachment. Everything was just so soft and natural and deeply weaved into, yeah, what I mm, think is the wisdom of, of, uh, of birth and becoming a mother, having that transit into motherhood, which is your own, which is the... The, re, the the connection and the the co the cooperation between the mother and the child. Mm. So that night, I decided that I was not gonna I was not gonna run for any employment uh, on any hospital after I finished. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't know what else to do, but I I. Yeah, I was pretty sure that I, I would love to work with, uh, yeah, creating this uh, beautiful room mm. space for, for birth and, and for the child to, to enter the world into this calm, safe room. Mm. Yeah, so we had to finish like um the education writing and doing a bit more of of the job on that i i would yeah stick on to that uh, decision and all of my classmates they were so happy when we actually did finish finish um to have to have these uh, employments uh, engagements on different hospitals around Copenhagen and the big city and yeah I didn't didn't exactly know what to do so I was just like pulling myself a bit back considering I had to be quiet for a for a while after I finished just to just to feel um inside of my body an impulse to to do whatever but I had this fantastic um, six weeks in Mexico when I was studying with uh, with a with a friend of mine study I was studying with her and I also did my last writing with her so yeah just just being in a in an environment um, where trust and curiosity was so present as it is in Mexico, as I, as I discovered it to be in Mexico with the traditional midwives and mm. working with the plants and working with the earth and the community. There would be this, yeah, we, we worked together with, with two midwives in Mexico. Mm. One is uh, um, now leave another, I don't know if you heard about now leave. What's her name again? Nauli. May I have a name? Mm. And um, yeah, she 
she taught she 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 taught us this um tradition of rebozo in the depth um inviting women to uh, to come over to her place and pregnant women and showing us all the the beautiful possibilities of relaxing and the um de-stressing the body with the with this uh, rebozo which is actually just a scarf yeah Using a scarf to it's it's so low low tech and so brilliant and so easy to to work with mm. and how, how they used it for the children as well when they were yeah being a bit fussy and a bit mm, crying just mm. to soothe them in in the in this rebozo to be sort of jiggling with them back and forth and and they did they did wild things with the babies as well <laughs> yeah these are both so really women amazing. in mexico they can like flip they a, were a breach like a <laughs> yes exactly and being uh, yeah approaching the body if, if there's a breach and yeah creating trying to sustain uh, um, stable contractions during birth and but definitely also like before birth in pregnancy building mm -hmm. the body and the soul and to be creating comfort and relaxation yeah for mother and child and she invited us to to experience this amazing closing of the bones rebozo mm -hmm. um, wrapping mm -hmm. a traditional praxis in in mexico for it's many that 40 days postpartum they do it traditionally yes they do yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. yeah and then yeah sometime at the end of that 40 days they they do this closing of the bones because the body is just so 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 open to pregnancy to be bearing this child and giving birth it's just one big opening process so in regards of yeah honoring the body honoring the womb and the uterus to be closing down that that beautiful body again mm. and yeah both celebrating the triumph but also the grief in some cases of Mm. of um yeah letting go of the pregnancy and the birth yeah and yeah devote your your time and your energy completely to to motherhood and being with the children yeah breastfeeding bearing them giving them one body with the with the child with the children in that period Mm. how would how would you describe midwifery because you you brought up this idea of grieving with them as well and I think that's something that no one really says I think we forget that aspect of of midwifery and what it really means and also listening to your story in Mexico and hearing how you know the reboso how much you learned from this low-tech thing and I think we're forgetting that midwifery and even just what the wise woman is, is 
simple but deep like mm. it's almost like this less is more exactly felicia it's so true mm. so true and and you know i think that mm, every woman lives in in my body every woman that i gave birth to lives in my body and I always have this approach that that she is the creator, you know. I have I have a training and I have yeah the possibility to to hold that space and because I am a midwife and in Denmark you yeah, you can step into that space just yeah, if you choose to independently and create that um context for, for for pregnancy and birth and postpartum mm -hmm. and when I was doing my very very first training in in Norway I I was working in a, a little clinic uh, uh, far away in the mountains and I was you know it was my first birth in um, yeah after I did my training and mm. I was going to be alone I knew that there was no other midwife and yeah I just I just had to to remember the basics of birth is you know they are completely capable the body just knows what to do and I had to detox all my pathology from my yeah. um, education and I knew that and when I was going to my first birth, there was these. It was in the middle of the night, and there was these big, warm, white, soft um, snowflakes falling from the sky, mm -hmm. and they, they just made my soul so calm. And I remembered all these things about, hey, it is, it is so simple. Just, just, just listen. Just hold space. Just let the body do whatever it's it's capable of whatever it's shaped for and it will be all right it will be perfect and yeah slowly slowly I I, I detoxed uh, a lot of my training uh, to be able to just be in that in that room without disturbing without uh, mm, yeah interfering Mm -hmm. without um, talking much without and being being preparing for that birth also before the actual birth is is a it's a big uh, privilege for for me as an independent midwife because I I see the the women before the birth and obviously we we get to yeah, we get to prepare that big event in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That's really, I mean, what you say is just, to me, that is the wise woman coming back to that remembering of, of not doing, of just being there, of letting things unfold, of trusting nature. And it's actually really amazing, like listening to you talk about detoxing your pathology and was that just a natural thing for you to do? Was it just a remembrance and then you detoxed it? Or did you have to really watch yourself? Was it just like, oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Or yeah, did you really I have know. to dig in? 
you know that that night when i when i stepped out and and felt these slow big white uh, snowflakes it was like it was just such a a deep picture of the intelligence that works to sustain life like in general and i very much see the body as as a part of this big natural intelligence so much see mm, the elements working in the body when when the, the woman is pregnant and giving birth so in that moment i just i just i just fell into some kind of rest some kind of um trust that anyways if anything would not be okay i would know what to do so in order for for me to to sustain and support um the intelligence of the body and the physiology i knew that i actually had to just create a safe space and then her hormones would do just that work for her to to give birth to her child mm -hmm. so it was yeah it was just mm, letting nature mirror that uh, into my consciousness again yeah as it was a yeah a remembrance that was already there always been there and do you find yourself seeking inspiration in nature when you're stuck either in the wise woman role or midwifery role or mm. crone role, mother to crone. Definitely. Nature is, is just the biggest, biggest, biggest inspiration of, of all. It is the biggest creator. It is being in that. Yeah, in, in alliance and belonging to that uh, natural world, just so much where the woman is and where where the mother is where we are in all our faces i think as as women mm -hmm. we belong to that circle in a way and it is so much mirrored in the in the way yeah the seasons express themselves and the elements are working and how the the impact um, is on our consciousness our moods and our mm -hmm our own inner landscape of being spiraling creatures and having yeah the moon blood and the mm. the period of of circling with that yeah definitely it is the deepest inspiration weaving and, into that yeah and what's yeah, this belonging. what's this space to you because i'm um, I think so. I think because I'm so much in this, I'm still very much in my fertile years in that space, but the space beyond, because I'm into the crone or moving into the crone energy. Mm. Yeah, what's this space to you? Mm. It's so missing from from our awareness. It's not missing in reality. It's just missing from our awareness. I think um, I would love to hear yeah, mm. your thoughts on this, mm. this in between. Yeah, it's such a good question, you know. Yeah, I'm still 
also exploring that myself, you know. Um, yeah, but since I, I have big children and also a, a, a small one, I have three children all together. Um, yeah, and, and sliding sliding on in my in the river of life. Um, these thoughts and being aware of these changes within my my own body and my own mm, way of of approaching life and experiencing life. Mm-hmm. I just got, yeah, I just got so much to do i think first of all with hmm, coming to terms with hmm, with this belonging to uh, to the earth it is it is a bit it is a bit like being composting into into the uh, into the the soil the body of the earth be composting your maybe you could say to be composting strong dogmas and strong ideals and yeah be very mm, committed and connected to hierarchies and right mm, yeah of course yeah values are still very very important but it's in a different way it's like composting that strong holding on to um things as as being the only truth i Mm. am i'm also more playful that's that's the thing i i'd say is is um mm, yeah is expressing itself in these uh crone years of mine curiosity playfulness and weaving and belonging and sustaining relations right because it's almost like in the mother time there's a very direct purpose happening which is to mother and to do and to Mm. raise and and it's almost like the crone is beyond all that so her purpose is pure wisdom and of course we have the crone in us at all times it is like felicia yeah 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 just as you're speaking i'm sorry to um oh yeah no that was your words it's like yeah the mother is like one body with the children and i feel that i long to be one body with the earth Mm. and and I think that's where the wisdom comes from. And it's been so easy for me always to 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 click into this uh, wisdom of nature, of mm-hmm. the deep um, cycles of of nature. These moving through seasons and the the way we are embedded in that, and actually seeing the world, the the forests and the oceans, the beaches, the also all the animals and creatures living on the earth as mm, yeah as friends organs Mm -hmm. it is definitely i i approach and experience body sorry (laughs) i just said body i wanted to say earth Uh, earth as a body it is (laughs) it is it is like really 
being one body with the with the mother and the son, the elements. It's it's such a deep, deep longing, and that's where when I lean into that, it's it's like yeah, becoming the intention instead of creating it, just becoming the intention, and just to follow your intuition, really honor your intuition, believing that. Go for it. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, because now we're going into feminine wisdom. And I think feminine wisdom is this, you're right, it's non it's non-structured, but perfect. It's part mm. of nature. It sees the whole, it sees beyond the physical, it sees the bigger picture and it nurtures. And um but yeah. there's also this dark feminine there's this wounded mm. feminine mm. as well and I think this really plays into yeah you're so right it's something we all touch upon as birth workers especially now yeah I would love to hear your experience mm. and your perspective on all mm. of that mm. yeah that's a big question really mm. yeah but you know mm. My experience is that when you take care of your own dark children, your own shadow fragments, um, you can so much more relate to the sacred feminine and your relations um, and nature. Um, yeah. And the, the dark feminine is, is kind of like a gatekeeper mm. in relation to those fragments of darkness and wandering in the night and being willing to befriend that part of you in terms of not, yeah, that's, that's anyways, that's, um, that becomes a possibility when you befriend your own darkness to yeah to to relate from mm, from some kind of somatic honesty from within the body so you don't mm, yeah so you you're willing to walk the path of the wounded healer in a way, meaning that mm, trying to befriend your um, your the troubled uh, situations and your mm, your deep challenges and your failures and your misfits. Um, is a possibility to to grow from that place as well and to thrive because um, in a larger picture I experience that it is so much a, a calling from within the deep the deep body to to reflect and and see your life in a in a larger and broader perspective 
And how do you see this playing out? Um, how do you see how we can better use this feminine wisdom or this wounded healer in in the birth world today as well? Mm. How we can better understand this yeah, uh, to make it better. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely in for a for a revolution, and I think we should really aim high, higher. Also, to be aiming to thrive together as a diversity, different fragments of the birth culture. Actually, be trying to to focus on where we are agreeing on stuff and ask curious questions of how we can support each other. Yeah, how we can learn from our places mm. where we may have felt like we failed or where, or even where we gained so much wisdom and it was beautiful and just being able to share these stories. I'm, I'm already coming up with a, a thing I'm going to do online, mm. but um where we can share as birth workers mm. and learn from each other rather that than is so brilliant rather than putting people in a corner it's like a place where we can all come together and OBGYN it doesn't matter to me mm. because we've all been in this space where we feel like oh should I have said that or or maybe I got a little bit scared as a birth worker and I brought that energy into mm. the room or maybe mm. I or maybe the oh it's so beautiful it reminded me how natural birth is and I I just wanted Definitely. to share that with everyone or I think it's yeah. very complex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the postpartum period is, is full of um, responding to the birth in different ways because you can have a huge triumph and then you can feel as a, as a mother, uh, yeah, grief coming along after some time. And, you know, I always keep track on the mothers after the birth because well, they move along in the postpartum and their life. They are going to approach birth from different perspectives. Right. And the children get older and when the seasons change, when they themselves get older and they just see the, the birth in different, mm, from different perspectives and they, mm, yeah, they grow to understand it in, in another way. Especially when... Yeah, when when the birth maybe didn't become uh, the event that uh, right. we planned for, um, you know, it's it's one of the the biggest challenges I think as a midwife to yeah. to be grieving with the woman after the birth, and especially when the birth didn't turn out the way we wanted but yeah you know birth it's just it's just so much bigger than than what we can understand right. so so this i've learned i've 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 got to i've got to prepare for this as well it's it's um yeah it's one thing is to to have a wish and a dream for a birth and and since birth is so much bigger we also have to be prepared uh, of what we do when 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 birth takes us in different directions from what we planned and what we hoped for so 
yeah that conversation uh, afterwards is 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 so important to to, yeah. to continue to have that yeah and and for me as well um i think the the biggest obligation i have as a midwife when things they don't go as planned it is to to stick with with the woman and to listen to to her story and yeah to keep to keep uh, having that dialogue to keep listening to keep opening up to that soft somatic honest um sharing i think birth is a co-creation it's a midwife is is an intervention actually when she <laughs> enters the room she yeah she's there and it is even though you you try to talk about okay what do you want from 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 me what do what do you what do you think of the guidelines and to prepare all kinds of uh, to, to be planning the birth letter and to be planning and, and creating the birth letter as um, a legal document beforehand and also stating on the birth letter that this is um, this is you can consider this as my consent I know that and you know that birth is is um, in case of, of a transfer for instance I mean writing the birth letter both to me and to to the hospital midwife if we have to transfer for some mm -hmm. reason or if the woman wants to transfer for some reason during birth mm -hmm. yeah to to create that birth letter as a, a legal document stating in there that um, according to the, the danish law of health it is it is um it is necessary for for any birth worker, any midwife, any doctor to have the consent of the woman mm -hmm. regarding different aspects of guidelines and concerning her journey mm -hmm. and her situation. And that consent, um, you can you can try to to give that beforehand about different um, aspects of of what, yeah is performed in, in the modern culture today. It could be, for instance, listening to the heart. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, vaginal exploration. Could, could be emptying the bladder for some reason, needing that. It could be mm, suggesting different positions. And every time we interfere, we, we disturb the woman. So... Yeah, being aware of that as a midwife is, is so important and the privilege lies uh, within that space and within that uh, time frame of pregnancy where you can prepare and sort of regulate uh, her wishes, really explore what, uh, what she expects and what she wants in, in a natural birth and how she wants to create her natural birth and her mm. um so actually take less and less mm, action and uh, asking be asking questions actually more than 
and also to be inspiring in um, in different directions. Right. So yeah, the dialogue and the preparation is is half the book. Oh my gosh, definitely. I almost think it's more important. It's like everything before. And it was so beautiful to hear you in this. I've never heard a midwife or a birth worker talk about this. And I just, just the role after the birth, because I think, you know, we're like, okay, you gave birth and we'll see you one week postpartum. How's Mm. everything physically Mm. going? You'll check in. How was the birth for you? You know, but they might really like, it takes time to process Mm. and to Mm. hear that like that's part of your role to either Mm. grieve with them or explore with them is is that that to me that's the wise woman that's really the midwife because it keeps unfolding the wisdom Mm. Mm. yes and I can even as we speak really really um submit to that because um yeah also experiencing mm, a dear, dear sister of mine that I gave birth to and became friends with after the birth. And definitely that was um, not a birth that went as planned. And yeah, just having that dialogue afterwards and becoming maybe because of that um, deeper friends with this woman, with this lovely woman. And her approaching her second childbirth, um, being pulled towards um, a more radical approach to childbirth, which was, yeah, natural and beautiful for her, obvious for her to to be moving in that direction and beautiful and extremely interesting also to to see her her movement into into this uh yeah deeper into that journey of hers and yes and to be sharing all kinds of uh, perspectives on life on on our lives with her really considered her a, a deep friend and um yes and she she chose to to give birth uh, on her own with, with her second child. Just, you mean free birth? Yeah, free yeah. birth. Yeah. Nice. Yes. And she went deeper and deeper into, yeah, that's radical. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I so adore the, the essence of, uh, of the, the message uh, of the, the free birth yeah me uh, too. community I, yeah. I adore it it is it is it is so beautiful i just yeah remember as we speak a couple of weeks ago i saw this video on instagram of this woman she gave birth in the ocean yeah yes it's just so <laughs> wonderful for women to know that they are in charge of their birth their body and their decisions it's so inspiring and to, we can really learn from these completely undisturbed births and at the same time be really careful of holding on to a religion around exactly. yeah. around how birth mm. yeah. is perfect or not perfect because I I feel that this 
this dogma, and I'm not just talking about free, free birth is amazing. I just mean any dogma, dogma like that hospital is best, that free birth is best, that mm. home birth, any kind of idealism and dogma is to me patriarchy, actually. Exactly. It's what it is, is it's the masculines, like the wounded, not the masculines beautiful, but this wounded masculine stepping into the feminine mm. and this this over fem like I need to be really careful with my words but this yeah so the thing is Felicia I just I just see so clearly now speaking to you yeah I I mean the essence is beautiful and the ideal is uh, so important to to be represented in the in the big picture yeah mm, but it doesn't make it less important um, if there wasn't so much shaming and uh, blaming and um, criticism mm -hmm. on on other sisters working for and with women, yes, it doesn't it doesn't take away the importance of the message to to be aware of how we could actually even be respectful of midwives working in the system and obedience working yes. in the system and and focusing on what we have in common which we must definitely agree on is that we wish for the mother and the child to have an extraordinary start exactly of, of um of their journey together yeah and to find this approach, oh, this like feminine yeah. approach through construction and not destruction. Yes, you know, and since yeah, and since I'd so experienced that that my my dear friend she decided not to speak to me, and um, because of the first birth, mm -hmm. um, and that not being uh, unfolding as we wanted, and. Yeah, and not deciding not to have contact with me and deciding not to be able to share this uh, grief, this ontology of, of grieving and co-creating, uh, which goes on and on, actually, mm, into the postpartum and, and forever since the midwife is, and since, yeah, I go so deeply and beyond superficial with the, with the families and the women mm -hmm. because the birth is so vast and... and extremely mm, complex and very big so mm. many things that we don't even know anything about climatic structures uh, yeah um, ancestral lineage uh, personal lineage from family relations and, and idea idea structures that the woman might even not be aware of herself my stories my birth my the, the history of the way I gave birth and the way I experienced birth and all the influence from from my family mm. and the culture and yeah so this experience of being yeah banned from interacting and taking care of each other and communicating in even even in grief and in disagreements and in regrets 
mm-hmm. it's been it's it's been such a such a deep 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 initiation into walking with the dead the 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 dead feminine, I was just about to say, the dark feminine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which is a, which is a, yeah, it's a, it's an offspring to patriarchy. Really, it's it's when we as women don't um, see how important it is to thrive together and to listen and honor, respect, and support each other. When we instead choose to, yeah, criticize and to be shaming and to be disrespectful and not to communicate from our somatic deep body mm. and intimacy. Mm-hmm. The the dark feminine in a way is a, is the gatekeeper of de armoring and and the armoring is is uh, yeah it might be a thing that we are scared of in in the birth culture because uh, yeah is this because, softening into the places that are rigid? Is that de-armoring? Yeah, de-armoring to me is to to be able to feel your true emotions, even if they are very mm, delicate, very vulnerable. It is <laughs> to touch ground with uh, with what is it's it's kind of like an unstream of our existence to be aware of our dark emotions or dark feminine um, structures inside she's she's like a train she's like a train trainer or a mentor into um into um deciphering uh, and choosing integrity instead of instead of uh, separatism right integrity in in relation yeah it's like she wants to be abandoned in on behalf of of uh, yeah building relations and building structures on respect and integrity mm-hmm. so yeah this this deep personal experience of mine um, being unable to continue this conversation, this dialogue, and this deep, deep work on on on, on still creating and re, re, reconstructing the the soul after after a childbirth is completely scattered when you give birth. It's just like a deconstruction of of who you were before. Mm-hmm. And then to be cut off from from this deep creation and care for another woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This definitely leads me to understand how how important it is to to learn to be de-armored and it's not dangerous. It's yeah, the only thing we should maybe be worried about is how we um how we um 
protect ourselves from intimacy or mm -hmm. how we don't uh, open up to intimacy in our culture in our birth yeah. culture yeah and even in our relationships just yeah. just thinking about how i mean I, i yeah well i won't go into anything personal but um just thinking of how when you don't get the chance to learn from either your own mistakes yes. or how someone hurt you mm. if someone's hurt you or you've hurt them or probably yeah. both and there's never been an understanding there's never been a listening there's never been a speaking it's it's uh, yeah see i can feel it right now as i'm talking about it mm. it's it's really the worst thing yes yes because i think the feminine really the divine mother like this energy in us she really wants to learn yeah she Is wants it? to increase her wisdom even if it means you know apologizing or 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 feeling like she did something wrong or you know that's part of that's part of the healing mm -hmm. and yeah. and finding out how to do better exactly and yeah it's my deepest obligation as i as i go with these women to to listen to everything that i could have done better mm -hmm. and being cut off from from asking questions about okay so so sweet sweet sister how would you have liked me to act how would you have loved mm -hmm. me to respond and and please please let me in on this because uh, also on behalf of your sisters so they that i can broaden my right my empathy and my intuition and my uh, my body my nervous system to to feel this uh, experience so deep that it will be embodied in me so i can use it as a skill mm. as i go along working with both and and women in the future and to learn from our imperfection to learn from our, uh, yes i am um, yeah it's yeah it, it's i think it's actually very very important to to see how you are just human as a midwife you are yeah you can you can be imperfect really in the most crucial moment mm -hmm. and yes and to have that to have that uh, honor and, and to be humble about how how huge and vast this uh, this construction is mm -hmm. mm. yes and and really yeah to be to be feeling this pull and urge to to be there continuously just to be there just to want to be there this is really this is really what i'm in for mm. it's so yeah. beautiful to hear it's so refreshing to speak to a midwife like yourself who's really who really uses it to do the work inside and the work collectively and i think all these lessons as a midwife and as a woman they just 
they are the keys, I think, to a better world and future. Yes. Mm. Because I really feel that this world needs the Divine Mother. And mm. it's our job as women to embody it, I think, because um, to everyone. Because if you think of a mother, it's like sometimes their child hits them, and but she loves them anyways. Mm. And yeah. I th we're really kind of trained to be prideful, I think, because sometimes pride can create boundaries, of course, which is good. We should have boundaries. But it's almost too much sometimes where I will not, you know, I can't love you. I can't talk to you. I can't. But it's like even if you hit me like a child you know not not physically but you know even if you harm me in this way i i still i'm still here and i still want to know and i mm, still want to learn exactly. and this this is divine mother to me this if i'm if i'm to embody anything in my mm. life it's this mm. that to me is the feminine that to me is midwifery the wise woman mm. everything mm. it's been so beautiful and mm. is there is there anything more that you'd like to speak about? Is there, is there um, any, or just some wisdom to leave us with or another topic you want to discuss? Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, I really think that this um, aiming for, yeah, a revolution that includes the relational uh, shift between um, the different fractions of the birth culture mm -hmm. to be befriending and and uh, thriving together and much more yeah seeing it as as a as a nature full of diversity because uh, we need different stuff uh, women need different opportunities and how wonderful would it not be to be able to to feel support we should actually rise courage and dignity within the chest of each other you know we should be making each other feel so valuable and and so worthy of 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 being in this field Mm -hmm. and we should learn to see the difference from going after the after our sisters and brothers uh, uh, instead of you know going after patriarchy instead of our sisters and brothers it's patriarchy we want to we want to change we want to be aware of uh, inside ourselves also mm -hmm. maybe first of all to be addressing and to be able to nurture and and uh, recognize uh, patriarchal structures it's so deeply embedded in our in our system in our beliefs in our feelings our psyche that the detox mm -hmm. there would would just create miracles on the out outside uh, on the outside of our birth culture and you know it's such a bugger to to be free birthing and then really 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 needing uh, having a deep impulse a deep intuition about going to hospital as for instance yeah indie right. birth when she gave uh, yeah, yeah. birth to her maybe 
Yeah, shout out to Marin, tenth child. Tenth child, <laughs> Marin. She's such a beautiful example of, yeah. Oh, she is. That is being very radical. Quite could actually, uh, but without yeah, the impact dogma. your intuition in in a in a in a way that is. Not yeah, so... radical without the dogma, without the idealism. Totally, mm. totally in the moment. Yeah. So everything has its right and women are different and you might you might want to or you might need to reach out for sisters in another fraction of of the birth world Mm -hmm. at some point so yeah to be aware of how we encourage these alliances in a beautiful somatic permaculture of our um, creation of the new narrative the new birth uh, birth culture that we could have Mm. so we've we've been we've been living in this dichotomy for so many years we could yeah just try and experiment with what 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 will happen if we if we start um approaching the dark feminine uh, within ourselves and mm. work with relational somatic honesty from there and relate to each other in a much more respectful and humble way because birth is so big. It's so big. Oh, oh. It, and it goes beyond our imagination of a birth cult. Just just let nature lead the way. I mean, and we're, we're going to be intentions in that big intelligence yeah wow i wish for that felicia so much i do too let's make it happen we are making it happen (laughs) (laughs) oh it's been so beautiful tara thank you like Mm. and honestly any woman who gives birth with you is so lucky i would do it if i'm ever pregnant (laughs) i am so honored to to hear these words from you it's it's such a big healing and Mm. i'm very grateful River wide and river deep Calls me to her side To protect and for her speak Water, she says it is time Vast, vast oceans bubble and creeps All are friend of mine From valley floor to mountain peak 
Water, she says, it is time. They say that history is written by the victors. But how can there be a victor when the war isn't over? The battle has only just begun, and Creator is sending her very best warriors. This time it is an Indians versus Cowboys. No, this time it is all the beautiful races of humanity together on the same side. And we are fighting to replace our fear with love. This time bullets, arrows and cannonballs will not save us. The only weapons that are useful in this battle are the weapons of truth, of faith and compassion. So lay down your weapons, I come in peace to be a stand for life. For all things thrive where water is clean. Water, she says, it is time. For all things thrive where water is clean. Water, she says, it is time. Hey, hey, hey.